I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday, Monday Mindset, Mindset Podcast, Podcast, where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 124. And today it is Terry's turn to share something that she has been listening to or reading or watching. Who knows? We shall find out. <laughs> Terry, what have you got for us today? Well, Daisy, true to discussions that you and I have been having recently about needing some shorter chunks of information to get through and and then to share with each other, I went back to one of our favorite podcasts, which is Feel Better, Live More with Rangan Chatterjee. Uh-huh. And I listened to, I'm listening to a lot of his bite-sized episodes. Ah, I was going to say, because he's really committed to the long form. Oh, yes. <laughs> he had one this past week or the week before that was over two hours long just for one episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I chose a bite-sized episode that he comes up with on Friday. Uh-huh. So basically taking a section from one episode mm. and just sharing that segment. And I thought it was interesting enough that I actually would probably go back and listen to the longer episode. Yeah, he's good at sort of picking the best yeah. part of it, basically. So it's episode 295, How to Be Confident in Any Situation with Vanessa Van Edwards. And not knowing what the longer episode covered, just knowing kind of what was in this bite-sized one, they were talking about wanting to feel more confident and appear more confident. And the idea that those two things feed off of each other. If you appear more confident, you will probably also internalize that and feel more confident, Mm. vice versa. If you are more confident internally, you will probably exude that in appearance. So the guest, Vanessa Van Edwards, is an expert in body language, facial expressions, and nonverbal communication. So this is kind of the avenue from which they were talking about more confidence. The segment that he pulled for this bite-sized episode, they really were talking about it in terms of charisma. And encourage you to think about a charismatic person that you follow or you know, you might see someone and you're like, gosh, I would, I would want to go have coffee with that person if I met them or something. So kind of thinking about that, and that is kind of the confidence that many of us want. And they talked about the idea that oftentimes we think of people who are very outgoing, that that's confidence. Mm. And she brought up the fact that, you know, that's not the only thing that confidence really entails, because you might have the very introverted, strong person who is very confident, but not super outgoing. Or, you know, you may have different types like that. So they were talking about charisma, and that charisma has a combination of warmth and competence in it, that we seek people that we get some warmth from, that we are drawn to people that we kind of experience that way. And also that we want them to be competent. We want them to be likable and the warmth helps them to be likable. But we also want to know that they're going to be safe for us and that we're going to be safe sharing with them or or talking with them or whatnot. So the likability and safety being really important. That's really interesting because quite often 
I can think of a good few examples of people who are referred to as being charismatic who tick neither of those boxes. That's right. I was thinking about something similar to that, and they actually talked about competence without warmth often does not go very far for people. So someone may be an expert in their field or may be very competent, but without that warmth, you don't want to get to know them better. And and I think you and I have experienced that with certain podcasts that we've listened to or Mm. leaders in different fields. It's like, wow, they really have a ton of knowledge, but I don't like listening or I wouldn't want to go do coffee with them. Yeah. And on the flip side, if they're if you feel that warmth, if you like them, they don't actually have to have the same level of competence that you would demand from somebody that you weren't drawn to in the same way. That's right. So they talked a little bit about the idea that as we're kind of assessing people, the first order of importance for us is, can I trust you? And then the second order of importance is, can I rely on you? So are they going to do what they say? Do they have the ability? Do they have the knowledge? Those things. So competence is really about capability. Again, can they follow through on what they say? Do they have, you know, the actual information that they need? Or is it just confidence without actual competence? And so after this discussion a little bit about just kind of what is it that we're generally looking for? Rangan asked her to talk a little bit about how can we demonstrate this? How can we exude this for other people so that people have confidence in us and that that we come across with confidence? She said, first, as I mentioned earlier, without warmth, competence doesn't go very far in and of itself. So she focused first on warmth. And she described using to exude warmth, something you can do from a nonverbal body language place is a slow triple nod. That while someone is speaking, if you do a slow triple nod, like I'm doing with my head now that our viewers cannot Mm. see, (laughs) that they show that the speaker will actually speak, I think it's up to three times longer. So you're really giving them that vote of confidence that I'm I'm in there with you, I'm listening, you know, keep going. And then the other one is a tilt of the head. And I'm laughing as I'm describing these and imitating them because I have been kind of accused of these things in ways that maybe they were overdone. But one of my roommates in college said, You know, Terry, I can always tell when you're done listening to me. (laughs) I said, you can? Yeah. How how does that happen? She says, you start to nod your head very quickly. So I encourage people to really pay attention for that. The three slow nods is encouraging. The quick head nodding is, yeah, please stop. Okay, that's it. Stop there. Stop there. (laughs) So I have had to learn not to nod my head too quickly, too often as to not communicate that. But again, the tilting of the head. As a therapist, I had some clients actually kind of imitate it that while I was really listening to them, my head was almost sideways. And and if they were going to kind of imitate what would Terry say, they would tilt their head. And I also realized I always tilt my head the same way. But it it shows kind of an openness, a curiosity. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a kind of questioning Uh stance, isn't it? Yeah, 
what have you got to tell me? I'm interested in listening yeah. to what you've got to say. Yeah. I'm leaning in. That's right. <laughs> and then she also talked a little bit about competence. And one of the ways that they kind of evaluate this is they look at the example of athletes who have just won their competition. Like let's say it's a runner. They just won the race. And what they notice is that these athletes tend to take up as much space as possible. They raise their arms, they look up to the sky, they spread their legs and stand really far apart in their stance. They take up as much space as possible. Again, exuding this ownership and confidence. Mm. And the examples that she shared then of kind of taking the cue from them is an open palm. So she said, for example, if she opens a Zoom meeting, she will put up her palms and say, good morning, let's get started. And that shows or demonstrates an openness, a readiness, and kind of an inviting in for people. And the other cue that she talked about, and this one sounds a little odd at first, but the distance between the earlobe and the shoulder that you want more distance because you want to show openness and, and non-defensiveness versus when people are feeling tense or uncertain about something, mm -hmm. the shoulders start to come up to the earlobe and the chin starts to tuck down, almost like they're protecting their jugular so that they won't be attacked. Yeah, well, you talk about people standing tall, mm -hmm. standing proud, standing tall. Mm -hmm. You've got that tall yeah, elongated. Posture. Absolutely. More distance between your earlobe and your shoulders. Mm. Then they just went on to talk a little bit about, you know, using cues, reading that we read cues from other people, and that we want to start using those cues to communicate to others what we want them to see in us. So if we want to appear more confident, we want to be using these strategies. He asked her at the end of this segment, just, you know, can you help us out, you know, about these using of cues and what would help us the most with this. And the answer was pretty general, but I think it's an important one for all of us to think about is what cues do you see in charismatic people that you know and watch and like, and what of those cues could you use in your own presentation? Mm. I think I'm, I do that a lot as far as verbal things that people say. I'm very much, I learn how to almost mimic, not in a negative way, but phrasing and word choices that really connect for me. I then use them when talking with someone. So one of my professors used to always say, I invite you to blah, blah, blah. And then I started saying, I invite you to think about this because to me, it's just such a an opening for people rather than, no, 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 you should do it like this. Mm. I invite you to consider this. And so to really watch and pay attention to the nonverbals, the physical language, the facial expressions of people that affect you positively and are those things that you can incorporate in your own interactions and ways of presenting. So I thought this was a nice little segment of an episode just to kind of start practicing some of these things, palms up. Most of the time I've been talking to you, my palms have been up, but just to really think about how these things can help you 
to feel more confident, to feel um, your own warmth in this connection and how that then influences how things go in that interaction. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. It's weirdly, it's something I've been thinking about quite a lot lately, as we often come back to it. It's all about this awareness. And you were just saying about really watching and looking at people that you find interesting and charismatic and watching what they do, watching the nonverbal cues, but also the, the kind of things they say when they're presenting, the way they hold themselves and learning from that. And I've been very aware of and digging into sort of the reverse, I guess, where I'm butting up against or where I'm feeling these really sort of negative vibes and really being trying to identify the kind of energy that's present. And I've really been identifying some energy with, we were talking about this before, but a particular sort of, and I'm definitely not talking about all men out there, but a particular sort of subset of male energy. And it's an interesting conversation that I've been having with some friends I've made locally, in particular in reference to problematic builders, shall we call them? <laughs> but in general, well, not in general, all of them have been men. and But some interesting discussions we've had about the specific aspects of the fact that they are men and the male part of that energy that comes into the interaction and that the, some of the kind of typical exchanges that go on in particular between men in that you know, quite often in that sort of builder's role and women in the customer role and the just the patterns that they fall into. And, you know, I've had some really interesting conversations, becoming more and more aware of it and learning how to deal with it. And we both sort of came to the conclusion that a lot of it comes down to as we've got older, we've become more aware of it, but also less likely to tolerate it. But also how we, you know, we're, we're seeking out new relationships with tradesmen, with these people that we interact with, with using different criteria to choose from. And you do, or I certainly are using a lot of those cues the way people hold themselves, the way people look at me, the way they interact with me, you know, do they have that sort of a bit of an uh, aggressive stance, a sort of, yeah, I'm right and you're wrong. You can see it in the way people hold themselves, mm -hmm. can't you? The way they react when you maybe question something they're saying. That's always very telling, particularly with builders. But, you know, if, if you question a bit what they're saying, how do they react to that? What is What are the cues you're getting. So I think being really starting to be aware of all these things in all sorts of interactions is actually really useful and identifying what works for you and who the kind of people are that you riff off best and identifying the flip side of that, you know, what cues are you giving other people? How are you holding yourself? Are you starting to, because I, I expect that I get pretty, you know, defensive and 
As we all know, my face can be read like a book, so I'm sure they can read exactly what I'm thinking, which, you know, is going to feed back and forth and that's going to impact how they react to me and vice versa. So it's it's always worth being aware of these things, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, as you were describing that, I was thinking based on this conversation between Rangan and Vanessa in this episode, the idea that my senses, from what you're describing, you weren't getting much warmth in these interactions. Mm. And so the, the two kind of leading questions she had is, do I trust you? And can I rely on you? And obviously those be really important as you're hiring a builder to come work in your home and yeah. to do. Yeah. Warmth and competence, yeah. both very important qualities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that example is really helpful for me to think about exactly. And that was missing in these interactions. So then you're kind of left with this bristly kind of distrust, disconnection. Um, but unfortunately, you're in a position of, I need to hire someone to do this. And that's what I'm running into. Mm. Um, but it, it really reminds me then in my own interactions with people as far as that I work with or that I engage with you know, publicly, I want to be giving off those cues of warmth and competence, maybe non-defensiveness, non-aggressiveness, non, I think for me, the warmth is a big one because sometimes I know I can come across as disinterested and that doesn't help me to be trusted or to give off a sense of competence. So watching myself with disinterest. Oh, really? I find that quite surprising. You get me in my good <laughs> moments, Daisy, and you, you see me in the moments when I, and, and obviously you know me, so I'm interested in what you have to say, but that is a... Um, a nonverbal that I get feedback about sometimes that I can, uh-huh. I can come across as disinterested. Interesting. The good news is on the builder front, I do think I found somebody who does tick those boxes. Nice. <laughs> I had, I had to do another run of interviews, as you know, trying to find a new builder because yeah, various letdowns and no shows and all the rest of it. So went through, another run of interviewing people and yeah two or three people I spoke to over a week or two and it is really important Mm -hmm. yeah warmth and competence and I do test them because actually I do have quite good knowledge of all the work that wants done I basically know how to do it all so I can ask questions where I kind of know the answer so I do I'm almost testing them a little bit but there are some of the things that I I kind of think well yes I do kind of have a solution but yeah you know my skills are limited and I want them to come up with a solution but whatever they say to me I you know I kind of get what they're Mm -hmm. saying and so straight it's not just like builders gobbledygook if they say something that has technical details I know what they're talking about and it's straight away ah yes that's that's a really good idea and I I can envisage it and all the rest of it and yes the one I'm going with I have high hopes for he ticked a lot of boxes he has four rescue dogs there you go (laughs) warmth and trust but he had the warmth he had the trust he had the competence, he came up with great ideas, he 
put out no body language of feeling threatened when I challenged some of the things. I questioned some of the things he was saying. I put forward my own ideas, which often they find particularly offensive. You know, none of that. All good feedback. So I have high hopes. Fingers crossed. He starts in, I think... 10 days time or something so (laughs) we shall see how he turns out but yes everything you're saying absolutely absolutely true and I think we we do judge people pretty quickly on those things you've only got to watch somebody presenting say on you know you watch a YouTube presentation or something and within a few minutes Mm -hmm. you can make those judgments those assessments It also reminds, I was going to joke and ask, well, clearly he must have had the proper amount of distance between his earlobes and his shoulders when you met him. (laughs) But I was thinking about... I didn't measure. (laughs) I wonder what that exact measurement is. But you probably could tell. Um, I I remember (laughs) I had a client when I was a therapist in private practice. And when I would go out to the waiting room to get her, she would walk in with her head down, her chin tucked into her chest, shoulders up and almost like dragging her feet. And it was just this foreboding feeling of, oh my gosh, this heaviness and things. Mm. And one of the things she was actually working on was her confidence. And so we talked about, and I had her go back and sit in the waiting room and get up and walk back to my office again differently. And it was kind of interesting both for me to share the feedback with her of how I experienced that, but for her to describe how she experienced it differently when she walked in slumped down, she felt, whoa, I'm coming into this place. And when she put her shoulders down, put her chin up, stood up straight and walked in, she felt like I'm going in for some work that I'm going to do. And she Mm. was, you know, her confidence level was so different. So I think being able to pay attention to our own body language also can help us with feeling our own confidence levels increase, acknowledging our own competence and warmth, I think is is another key to this. So I'm glad you had such a great illustration of this little <laughs> episode that I found. And, and I think it is one that all of us can just in nice ways throughout our day, be working on these things. They're, they're not big strategies that will take a lot of work and effort, but just awarenesses to have and to start practicing them. Something that actually has quite a big impact Mm -hmm. on our daily lives. Very good. Well, thank you, as usual, for sharing. And I hope you have a very wonderful week and everyone at home too. Thank you. You too, Daisy. Take good care, everybody. See you soon. Bye.